0: Tonight, we're going to talk about the origin story of The Paranormalist, and tonight's Paranormalist is T.J. Hardy.
1: My story starts off, actually, when I was a preteen. I would say I was about 11 or 12 years old, and that's guessing because it's been a while. (laughs) So, I'm not a big fan of horror movies and stuff like that. I cannot sit through any horror movie. so if anybody assumes that oh, you must watch a scary movie before going to bed or something, then you don't know me. I can watch paranormal shows, but anything that's horror-based, I will never sit through and watch.
0: I <laughs> it's don't know just paranormal shows
1: at that point. No, there right. were. No, yeah. no, no. The most paranormal mm-hmm. show at the time was Are You Afraid of the Dark. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> great <laughs> or show. Or Sightings. Sightings, yeah. Sightings. Sorry, video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a great show, though. Yeah, it was. So there was nothing that really would have inspired my mind to make this stuff up. Right. So living in Sayreville, New Jersey, I was living in an apartment with my mom. And as a normal 10 or 11-year-old, you stay up past your bedtime and try to stall as long as you can not to go to sleep. I do eventually fall asleep. My bed is situated in the corner of the room, so the head's against the window, and one side of the bed is against the wall. Next to that is a desk. room's about... 10 by 9 So it's not a huge room A closet in the room A door And they're by, by next to each other So if someone Walks into the room You're obviously Going to see it Because it's Catty-cornered to the bed Right So I fall asleep And in the middle of the night I just happen to wake up And as I'm waking up Opening up my eyes Thinking ah, Maybe I can go to the bathroom Get a drink of water I look off to my right And about two and a half feet, three feet away, on one knee, there's a person kneeling there. And all they're doing is looking at me. And I still get goosebumps thinking of that moment because I could still remember what they look like. Mm -hmm. They were ghostly in a way that they emanated a little bit of light, but I could still see their features, what they were wearing, khaki pants, a button-down polo plaid shirt, like the old-fashioned 1950s style. Mm-hmm. Um, male. Crew cut, like an old-fashioned military kind of marine kind of cut. Mm-hmm. person was probably about 15, 16. I could tell they were older than me, but they weren't much older than me. Right. It didn't look like a middle-aged man sitting in my room. Right. That would have freaked me out entirely. Mm-hmm. And the way that they appeared to me... They're just sitting there with their hands on their knee that was raised, the other knee on the ground, almost like, almost like a genuflection. Mm-hmm. but there's no action being done, mm-hmm. and all they're doing is staring at me, and it goes on for several minutes to ten minutes, and that's a long time. That's mm-hmm. a long time because I'm literally trying to psych myself up to stand up mm-hmm. to confront this because there's no way I'm going back to sleep, right? And eventually step out of bed. <laughs> and it's the slowest, longest process I could ever remember. It, took, it felt like it took years. Mm-hmm. And by the time I go up, I take the literally two steps. It wasn't that far. Mm-hmm. I go to put my hand on their shoulder, and it goes right through them, and they're gone. Mm-hmm. From that point on, I go into the closet, check the closet. I check onto the bed. I check my mom's room, she's asleep, I check her closet. I go into the kitchen, check there, check the bathroom, I check every room of the house, because in my mind, I'm trying to tell myself it was a ghost. Mm. But I saw something, maybe they're still in the house, and I just lapsed my memory. Like an intruder or
0: something. Something. Mm -hmm. I was
1: trying to look for that logical explanation, even though everything I just witnessed defies logic. Right. And at that point, I had been living in that apartment for two years, and nothing like that had happened. Mm -hmm. And how old were you again? Around 11 or 12 years old. Um, Eventually, a couple hours later, I did go to sleep. And nothing ever like that experience happened again. Mm -hmm. And for me, it made me start asking why. And I wanted to know more about this world that occasionally we get a glimpse of. Mm -hmm. And why we only get a glimpse. Right. And maybe if we start looking for it, maybe we'll get more than a glimpse. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know back then what a paranormalist was. Right. All I knew is I had questions and I wanted answers. Mm-hmm. So I'll read whatever book in the back of the library I could. Right. And try to find out what it could. Right. And that started a long long journey into finding answers. Right. And sometimes you you had a
0: personal, you had a a deeply personal
1: personal experience. One that still affects me to
0: this day. Do you think that, um, and I mean, I I guess I'm asking that of of everyone. So many people's stories are going to be somewhat similar. You know what I mean? Like, like, so, I mean, I have people that come in, I've heard, I've heard thousands of origin stories and a lot of them are that a lot of them are not exactly that I don't mean to minimize it but a lot of them are these momentary glimpses of something that shouldn't be there that defies common explanation I'm not going to say rational explanation because I don't think how we explain these things are irrational by nature and I think using you know words matter how we how we coin these phrases matter to say um, there well there must be a rational explanation, as if your explanation is irrational, implies that you're irrational, yeah. right? Fear is is fear is by definition causes you to be irrational, but mm. is not in and of itself irrational, right? There, that's my little tip of <laughs> the day. But so many of these stories are, you know, I was in my room asleep, totally. Vulnerable. I mean, so many of these stories are, you know, we, we are hooked on these things because we were utterly vulnerable when we had our first experience. And I don't necessarily think that we all pursue these things out of fear. But I do think that when your first experience is when you're vulnerable, you're like, I got to get to the bottom of that. Because if that can happen to me when I'm sleeping, I need to understand it. And it's a self-preservation kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. Um, I would say, I would question, uh, not, not doubt, but question. Um, I think that there's some... I think it's interesting your age when you have the experience. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people start to have those experiences at that age. I think it's because, of the ad- because puberty is beginning, your brain is changing, your hormones. Mm-hmm. I don't mean puberty is causing it. I mean puberty is allowing it. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? There's a big difference between those two phrases. So I would ask you, TJ, um, and if you're, if you're being honest, like be, being, like, how long were you in fear of that experience? Honestly, it took,
1: at the time I would say it took me about a year before I could actually acknowledge that something did happen. Mm -hmm. And what happened didn't hurt me.
0: Did it change your sleeping ritual? Actually, it it turned me into a night owl. Okay, so it did. It turned turned me me into a night owl. Because that's another commonality, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at kids who have sleep issues... Oftentimes they've had something happen where they're defending themselves against it, and it doesn't allow them to sleep because they were vulnerable when you know what I mean. Um, so it's interesting. So you you would have your origin story. I would say is a classic. You know, it is now. Did you find out who?
1: There, I went as I got older. I had access to internet, mm-hmm. miracle thing to have access mm-hmm. to. I did research and look well, up on it. what. On, uh, at the time, AOL. But I mean <laughs> yeah. on the location? On the location for deaths or anything like that. So,
0: so your presumption was that the place was haunted?
1: I was assuming either the place or the grounds, because it was also the site of a lot of World War II testing.
0: So my, in my experience, in my incredibly vast experience, places are not that haunted. People. People are haunted. So my question to you is, did you ever see him again? Him, no. Not I'm aware of. And this would have been in ninety five. And you were at military, you you had been in where was this? What was it? New Jersey. So I a- would I would ask, you said he was in his teens. It would make me wonder, I would actually look at Vietnam to see if there was a correlation between someone who and in your li- in your family life, did somebody pass away in Vietnam, in Korea? The only person that would
1: have passed away in a war-type setting would have been my grandfather's brother in, I believe, World War I. And
0: where was he located?
1: Um, uh, where he lived? Yeah. I believe he lived in, like, Bayonne, Jersey City. So, New
0: Jersey. Jersey. So Jersey. Yes. So but New he
1: Jersey. died over in Normandy. Right.
0: And how old was he when he died? That's was World War II. World War II is World War II. World
1: War II then, sorry. <laughs> uh, Big difference. 20 years old, I believe, he died. Okay, so something... Comparable in right. age.
0: Now, when you talk about your grandfather, is it your mother's father or your father's father? My
1: father's father's okay. brother.
0: Right, okay. So, you're living with your mother? Yes. And you're not living with your father, correct? Right. So your father's family would have had a reason to check up on you. True. Sure. Uh, you know what I mean? Yes. Because, as I said, <laughs> generally speaking, it's not the place; it's, it's the, the person. You know. Yes. So that's interesting to me. You know, that's interesting to me. Um, and I, like I said, I think that's a very common. Now, I think you must have already had the ability to experience that, or you would not have experienced that. Do you, you know what yes. I'm saying? Yes, am we're saying. So. I could see how that would kick you into a, a kind of a life... And, and I do feel like, you know, it's the Lay's potato chip, you know, experience. Mm. Where once you start in on it, it's like, oh, hell, get me another bag. Oh, okay. Like, I was trying to know, figure like, what they meant happen. by that. And it's like, once you have that experience, you're like, get me another. You mm-hmm. can't eat just one. Um, and ghosts are like that. It's it's like, you know, like, if you could hear me, make another knock. You know, they knocked. You That's get not enough. knock it. <laughs> you know.
1: You get greedy um, yeah, from the experience. you do.
0: You do. Because... <clears throat> you want proof, not evidence. And proof is non existence. You know, Especially
1: when you're young and you question yourself, you want to know. You I just want to know.
0: I you want to know. know. People always said that to me, and I always said to them, I don't want to believe, I want to know. Yes. And the only way you know is with, evi- is, is with proof. And what we have come to realize is, there is, at least what I have come to realize, is there is no proof there is evidence and you keep putting evidence in a pile and it's either the pile of this or the pile of that until ultimately it tips. Mm -hmm. I'm still going like this. It doesn't mean that I doubt the experiences. I just question the interpretation of them. So I'd like to thank TJ for sharing his origin story. You're welcome. Um, And I'm sure we'll be hearing more stories from him as time goes by. Um, and thanks to our listeners for uh, for listening to us. And hopefully, these origin stories will ring true to you, and will inspire you to share some of yours with us. Um, and I hope that you, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. And I hope that you'll tune in again to Paranormal Tales from the Tower. This is Kathy Kelly, and uh, check back next week for another one.